Welcome to Fangirl Fridays. I'm Natalie. And I'm Mari. Hi. It's raining. It is raining. I'm having one of those days where, this is going to sound dumb. Already in it. Where you just, you're like, I love media. (laughs) (laughs) I hate myself for saying that, but it's like, I was watching a YouTube video, uh, a music video, I was really feeling it. Uh I was just discovering new things. It's like... Probably a perfect day to go to your library and, yeah. like, find something new Ooh. in the rain. It's just a good day for that. I'm yeah. in the mood. I love media. I just love media. Yeah, and you just, like, don't want to go outside. So you're just like, mm, let me just, like, dig around in this corner of the yeah. internet. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Is media what you're fangirling over? Or? Kind of. Oh, okay. There, it's a piece of media. Uh-huh. And, okay, if you know me. You know I love movie trailers mm-hmm. to the point where I would pay to see them. Yes. Um, well, like an hour and a half of them. You know there's I'm like not a pay channel, for one. right? Like in the Apple TV. We'll talk about it later. There's a YouTube channel that yeah. I watch. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I finally watched the trailer because I couldn't watch it yesterday for Won't You Be My Neighbor, the oh. Mr. Rogers documentary. <gasps> and I'm just super pumped for it. Really? Yeah. Were you Mr. Rogers' kid growing up? I was. I called him neighbor. Aw. That's um, so sweet. Yeah, and it was just, even the trailers, like, you light up my life, Mr. Rogers. You are an angel. Were you sobbing? No. But it's, like, emotional, right? Yeah, yeah. we're gonna cry. Yeah. I, uh, when you really go back and watch Mr. Rogers, though, like, that little world that they go to in the train, weird. Real yeah. weird. <laughs> like, it's very strange. Like, the castle, like, a lot of things. Weren't people getting hit on the head a lot? Like, very odd. You just, um, I think you just don't like the puppet situation. Yeah, the am. puppets creeped me out a little bit, I, I think. But, like, he was so lovely, and, like, you wanted him to be your grandfather. That sweater. Where was he always coming from when he took his shoes off? Like, just, like, the market? I guess. Like, he, delight. Delightful A man. true delight. A true American hero? I think yeah. we can say Mm-hmm. Um, when's it coming out? I don't know. Prob- <gasps> this year? Great. 2018. I was too excited to pay attention to details. <laughs> I was like, yes, put on a sweater, Mr. Rogers. Untie your shoes. Weirdly sexual. Uh, uh, yeah. This got strange. Or supportive. I thought I was just being supportive. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, so I am fangirling over something lame, but I'm going to admit that it's lame. Okay. So over the weekend, I just, I'd had enough with my vacuum situation at home. Um, I have a very small child, she crawls now, and I've just never been more aware of like all the debris in my home. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna ask the good people of Facebook their opinions on a Roomba or some other robot vacuum. And? I got a lot of response, like way more than I ever get on anything else. And then I also realized that it's like ways you know you're old when you're asking about vacuums on Facebook. But I bought one. It came. I'm in love. <laughs> like, really? No joke. Did you name it? No, but I need to. I was thinking about putting, like, googly eyes on top <gasps> of it. Because yes. then it's, like, super fun. But then Eric informed me that there's, like, a weird sort of, like, sexual joke on um, American Dad. Francine, like, gets turned on when she puts, like, googly eyes on her Roomba. And she, like, sees it looking up at her. And I'm <laughs> like, mm, I'm, not, I'm not going down that path. But it's also a little bit like a giant bug because it's got these, like, little things, like antennae almost. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like a dumb bug. It just rams into things and then it bounces all around. But, like, but you love it. It's like a new pet. Yeah. It connects to Wi-Fi. And so, like, what? guys, I could turn it on right now if I wanted to. But I'm not going to. Not mm-hmm. freak out now my family. Now I'm not sure about it. It might be evil. It could be evil. But it's so perfect. It just, like, zips around. It's not very loud. It knows how to go home. You, like, 
press a button and wherever Where it is, is it's home. It's like in the dining room right now. It's by the bar. But what? it'll it'll go there by itself and it reach goes back to recharge. It has a remote. I don't know. It's like <laughs> the technology is what I was looking for. I'm very into it. I love a clean home. When did the Roomba come out? Unclear. It's been out for a yeah. while. I feel like too long for us to be like ecstatic about it. Totally. I'm a little bit sad though because mine, the one I got, doesn't have really like a like a ledge that Philly could like hold on to because like all I want is for her to just like ride it around the house. Um, but she's fascinated by it. And it like rolled over her little hand like once or twice and she Uh-oh. seemed not bothered. Oh, so. well, great. All right. It's like a new toy for her. Everyone wins. Guys, everyone wins. But literally, like, I don't think I've ever loved anything more, like, at first sight than this vacuum. I just loved it right from the get-go. Mm, I'm a little worried for you at this point <laughs> in the conversation. I mean, fair. I understand your concern. Um, okay, so other thing really quick. We have a little bit of hot goss. It's a little bit we of do? old goss. Mm. Do I know? Well, I think we just have to talk about this potential Clarissa explains oh, it all. We Reboot. meant to talk about it last week. Yeah. And, we and totally uh, forgot. Eric sent it to me and then was all sad that we didn't talk about it <laughs> on the podcast. And I was like, I'm so sorry. What are our thoughts? I don't know. My thing, my issue with Nickelodeon today in general oh. is that Nickelodeon just has tried to do the Disney Channel show format. Yeah. And they don't look like real kids anymore. Mm-hmm. They look like. I don't know, Disney Channel stars. Yes, mm-hmm. they're too pretty. Yeah, they're too pretty. Clarissa was very much about being a kid, being individual. Yeah, Pete and Pete, um, Having crazy thing. stuff in her room. Mm-hmm. And with Clarissa as a mom, you would expect her to maybe be an artist or something crazy. Cool. Mm-hmm. Something, something cool. crazy. <laughs> something cool. And her kid would either be the same way yeah, or maybe be like a Ferguson. Yeah. Be like very conservative. Or like, a, yeah, an Alex P. Keaton situation yeah. where it's like you're rebelling by being a, but re- I don't, being a Republican. I don't know. It just, the I feel like the writing has to be good. I mean, I kind of just want you her to You can't mess it up. People will no, riot. will riot. I want her to be married to Sam, although I, that's what I said. I was like, I'm only in well, if she's married to Sam. Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about it in this episode. No. But we are talking about guys and girls' friendships. Yes. And there was an episode where they dated. Yeah. Because Sam was like, do I like Clarissa? No, they're just friends. They're just friends, guys. It's never going to happen. Speaking really quickly, though, of Nickelodeon, I did go to dinner the other night and sit next to Mark Summers. And, I, like, it took every ounce of restraint not to, like, lean over and be like, you defined my childhood. Um, which I felt like would be a little much, but also true. And so I just and was it, like. It would probably affect his OCD. He would do something <laughs> to mess I, up his I, I would be vibe. a trigger, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but, yes, it was like a delight it was just a monday night dinner and i was like oh my god double dare hi um it was too it was too much too exciting um okay shall we get into the app episode the third installment of our bff third and last third and last i think at least for now um so we've talked about dude buddies we've talked about gal pals i don't have a creative name yet for guys and girls guys and gals guys and gals Guys and dolls? Yeah, I was going to go with guys and dolls. Uh, hmm. Ladies and tramps? Nope. I thought for a second you were going to say gents, and I was like, no. No, we'll we'll get it later. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So remember, guys, we're wrapping these in a little contextual bow about what it means to be a true friend. We've talked about overcoming some challenges. We've talked about you can be creative or active with this person. But today, we are going to talk about you don't have to hide your feelings with this person. 
There's a lot. And sometimes they do hide their feelings. And it They have to break down. They have to break yeah. down. You know who else broke down watching these episodes? Me. Me. Us. Emotional. <laughs> we got affected by some of these episodes. Really only one, I think. Yeah. I, I think I only physically welled up in one episode. Yeah, but I was welded the whole time. Yeah. The okay. entire episode. Fair. All right. Where do you want to start? Let's start with a classic. I feel like this is the most memorable or one of the most memorable episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. Will and Grace, Lowe's in the mid-80s. It's a two-parter. Two-parter. Originally aired as a one-hour Thanksgiving special. Oh, I didn't remember Season that. three, episode eight and nine. Um, some of you may think of this as the flashback origin story. Such a great flashback. So a crucial confession highlights Thanksgiving 1985 when college student Grace takes boyfriend Will home to meet her family. First of all, just let that simmer. Like, Grace takes boyfriend Will home to meet her family. I think if you've, you know, if you're watching now or, like, you only watch, like, later seasons, you sort of forget that, like, they dated. Like, that, mm-hmm. then, like, you know, Will wasn't always out, like, and that, and it's just like, oh, what? Um, it's a little troubling. Um, but so, basically, Will and Grace are dating. Will, through a series of events that we'll chat about, comes out to her because he has to be honest with himself. Things happen. And the whole way in which they're telling this story or that we see this all unfold is they go to have dinner the night before Thanksgiving, the four of them, Will, Grace, Jack, and Karen. There's quite a a wait. They encounter a young woman at the bar who is sobbing sobbing into her martinis, and it becomes apparent to the four of them that this woman's boyfriend is gay. And so they are trying to sort of save her the heartache that Will and Grace went through by— telling her the story, their origin story. Which she really does not catch on to. No, and the whole time I thought it was Leslie Grossman, and it's not, and every single time they would cut back to her, I'd be sad that it wasn't Leslie Grossman. Are you sure it's not you? Yeah. (laughs) "Mm, Are you Leslie Grossman? Um, Okay, what do you love about this episode? Well, I think the obvious here... 80s flashback. Yes. I this made me question something before we really get into this episode. Yeah. Were flashbacks were flashback episodes the best in the 90s because they made the 80s so cheesy mm. or were they only really done starting in the 90s? Are you thinking about all of the flashback episodes of like, Friends? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. It's not like I mean, Fresh Off the Boat does a lot of flashbacks but again that show is set in the 90s so they're 80s they're flashing back to the 80s interesting are you on to something that i've never i just feel like the 80s no offense are garbage you know what i mean visually yes Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun stuff to work with so it's like let's flash back to this because we can just have a good time yeah it's like the costume people are just like guys give us more to do yeah yeah totally we want a we want a good wig we want a good wig Mm -hmm. we want a mullet we want mustaches all of that stuff. All of the things. Um, so basically, we we meet everyone. We see Karen in these flashbacks, although she's in like her own and separate. And a completely different story, which is great. Completely different story. She's like almost marrying Martina Navratilova, almost marrying a sultan. Like her little sidebar stories are wonderful. But what we learn is that Will and Grace meet in college. They are dating. They have not slept together. They have not slept together. Grace thinks it's sweet. She thinks that Will is, like, saving himself for her and, like, vice versa, although she says that she's had sex three and a half times. Um, (laughs) And then we also meet Jack, who is, at this time, 
a high school student. With braces. With braces, with amazing hair. Everyone's wearing, like, at least two polo shirts with their collars Mm -hmm. popped. Um, And right away, Jack is like, oh, you're gay. Gaydar. His gaydar goes off, tells, tells Will, and Will is like... What are you talking about? Um, and so Will is like, they're all, you know, they're having these series of conversations with other friends. And they're basically like, you guys need to sleep together. Otherwise, you're going to slip into the friend zone. Right. Grace is on it. She's like, we're going home for Thanksgiving. It's perfect timing. Perfect timing. We're going to do it. We go to Grace's house. We see Debbie Reynolds being... Her Debbie Reynolds self. Like, if they... One of her best roles, I think. Oh, totally. It's so good. If she wasn't singing at, like, you're just underutilizing Debbie Reynolds if you're not having her, like, song and dance. Like, and that's just what she's known for. She's amazing. She immediately loves Will. Like, everyone loves Will. Yes, but... Everyone... He can't sleep in the same room as Grace. No. So, Grace is determined to sleep with Will. She sneaks into his room. Mm-hmm. He panics tries to get out of it by pretending he has to use the restroom yeah but he, he, has to, he says he has to poop yeah i mean yeah. great excuse it'll get you out of it he had jack's business card <laughs> because in high school that's what you do make a business card yeah jack mcfarland since and 1969 he panic calls him mm-hmm. why would he panic call him why yeah if he has a girlfriend <sighs> he's having an identity crisis basically and Talks to Jack. Jack's like, why are you calling me? If you want to be sleeping with your hot girlfriend, like, why are you on the phone with me? And Will is just like, oh, no, you might be right. He's like, I'm going to go sleep with her. And mm-hmm. I don't know why I called. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Goes out there. Nothing really happens. No. But Will ends up proposing. Yes. Because he's like, we sh- I love you and we should wait until marriage. Let's get married. And so he's he's using this as a, a short-sighted yeah. stall tactic. Grace, buy some time. Buy some time. Grace, very excited, tells her entire family, shit hits the fan very quickly. They're engaged. Within like 20 five minutes, minutes of yeah. the announcement. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and so through, you know. Of a series of things, they're singing, they're singing show tunes um, from My Fair Lady, um, which I loved. He comes out to Grace in the kitchen. In the kitchen that has a closed door. You, Another point I'm making from this episode: mm-hmm. only sitcom kitchens have doors. I agree. If your kitchen has a door, explain why. Yeah, take it off because the friend's it's only kitchen, for secrets. The friend's kitchen, their parents' house has a has a door as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just secrets. It's also inconvenient if you're moving food from one place yeah. to another. You always got to back it up with, like, your butt or something. Totally ridiculous. So shit has hit the fan. Will and Grace do not speak for a year. For Grace a year. is devastated. Hard to imagine just, like, the finale where I'm supposed to believe they didn't talk for 18 years. Yeah, now we have three more seasons. I don't even want to get into no. it. Um, but so, <laughs> now I'm like mad about So they that. haven't spoken for a year. Mm-hmm. They run into each other at a supermarket. Yes. Keep in mind, they're telling this story to a new friend. A stranger. Mm-hmm. Friend. Sure. Sure. Stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one or the other. Yeah. Um, there's one moment in the story where Will ducks down to hide from someone and Grace casually asks who was that yeah why did you do that like, that yeah. was weird yeah way back when mm-hmm. why did you do that and jack mentions who it is 
and it turns out to be a woman Will slept with post-Grace, and Grace does not know. And she's devastated. And how long have they been friends since this incident? uh, I mean, she says it's 15 years later and you're still lying to me. So So it's probably the only secret Will has kept from Grace this entire time. Exactly. And Grace storms out of the bar. Uh, Will chases her. They're standing in the pouring rain. And, you know, he tells her that he needed to be 100% sure. He was 99% sure after her. And he ended up sleeping with this woman, and it was terrible. And Grace says to him, it could have been terrible with me. After what happened with us, I I was 99% sure, you know, but it was that one little percent hanging over me. So I I met this woman at a party. We got stinking drunk. Went back to her room. It was awful. What could have been awful with me? Why didn't you make it awful with me? Because I love you. I cared about you. I, I, I didn't want to put you through that. I needed to try it with someone I didn't love. It's such a, like, when you actually think about what she's saying, it's yeah. so strange, but it's so heartfelt and it's so honest. And there, you know, again, it's pouring rain. Much like it is today. Much like it is today. He's crestfallen because he knows he's weirdly betrayed her Mm -hmm. in some way and she's devastated because she was lied to and they have such an open relationship that the fact that there was any secret I think is what was so heartbreaking for her and but they work through it they tell each other how they feel and they they manage, like they get by. Um, and I, I, I like these episodes because the whole thing is about sort of like honesty and being truthful mm-hmm. um, and sort of saying your truth for Will. You know, initially that's saying that he's gay um, and then sort of coming clean with everything that's happened after that. But you can tell that Grace is like she loves him. Like, right. And he loves her. And their love is a little unconventional, you know, and obviously, like, not sexual in any way. But even when it had the opportunity to be sexual, like, she's still upset that they didn't have sex. And it's like, wait, what? When you really break it down? But it's also, it was just like, it's a very sweet and emotional scene. And their friendship totally hinges on their ability to be honest and truthful Uh, with each other. What really gets me is at the end... Um, he asks if they'll be okay, and mm-hmm. she says, we will be, and they get in a cab, and then it, like, cuts to the flashback in the same scene, mm-hmm. and they leave, uh, young Will and Grace are leaving the store, and the same thing happens. He says, like, will we be okay, or are we okay? And she yeah. says, we will be. Right. Ah, it gets me. It does. It gets me, too, and like I said, they just, their entire relationship is based on them being, like, brutally honest <laughs> with the other mm-hmm. one. And to know that there was any amount of time where they weren't truthful and they weren't, they didn't feel like they could really like share their feelings with the other is a little hard. And that's why I think the finale is so hard too. Cause when you're like, yeah. wait, you guys haven't talked for this long? I can't even believe that. I, the, I know that that finale got a lot of heat because people were like, yeah. this is just not true to the show. Like, how, how could they go this many years without talking to each other? It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Shall we move on to our next? Ooh. I think it's a little lighter dolls. than 
Will and Grace. Definitely a, a lot lighter. So I don't remember that I'd seen this episode. What? I know. It's such a good episode. I have not seen every single episode of 30 Rock. I will just Oof. put that out. I don't know what noise that was. On the table. But it was an upset It's actually one. weird because every time I watch it, I'm like, why haven't I wa- seen every it's single episode of, of this show? Two out of three of these episodes, two of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 30 Rock, would watch every day. Every day? Yeah. Can you? Is it in syndication? I think it actually was for a while yeah. on either TBS or Comedy Central, and you can watch it on Hulu. Yes, so still you can watch it every day. So this is Retreat to Move Forward, Season 3, Episode 9. Jack, nervous about attending a corporate retreat, persuades Liz to accompany him for support. When Jenna decides to use method acting to prepare for a role, she finds herself as at Frank's mercy. So the B story is about Jenna. <laughs> Let me story, just get this out of the way. There's also a C story, and like, which is like kind of nonsense but with Tracy. But the B story is the beginning of an arc that's one of the best arcs on 30 Rock, uh-huh. is when Jenna Maroney wants to be in a Janis Joplin <laughs> biopic. Yes. Uh-huh. And they don't really have the rights, so it's going to be like... <laughs> Janie Jimplin, and then it evolves into, like, a worse name. Yeah. But uh, she really wants this role, and Frank uh, tells her to check the Wikipedia page for ideas of how Janice lived. So Frank's changing the Wikipedia page, and Jenna's doing everything Everything. it says. Love it. Yeah. Right there. It's the start of a good story arc. Yeah, and then they end up, like, hooking up, and it's, like, gross. Yeah, but that's not even the main part of this episode. No. That's not where the friends step in. That's not. First... Also, this episode directed by Steve Buscemi. Oh, I was friend very... of Thirty Rock. Oh, I mean, really? He was on it. That's too. true. But friend of friend of Thirty Rock. Friend of I think he just loved Tina Fey. He just wanted to hang home. out. Yeah. Okay, so Jack has to go to this like big wig corporate conference, this Six Sigma, um, which is actually a thing. Um, this like you know fancy schmancy like all these powerful businessmen, and he's a little nervous. Yeah. So he brings Liz along. Mm-hmm. As, like, emotional support or just to be there. Yes. But as soon as they get there, he's accepted. He makes jokes. Basically, Liz is an embarrassment. Yeah. And Jack avoids her at all costs. Mm-hmm. Liz gets stuck with this couple that <laughs> are hooking up, and yeah. she's trying to do projects with them. But Jack is just too cool. He's, like, with all the cool guys at yes. this retreat mm-hmm. um, up until this moment where he's supposed to speak. Yes. And you see in the beginning of the episode, he likes to give, like, a little pep talk. To before, himself. Yeah, to himself in the mirror mm-hmm. to psych himself up yes. to speak. So he does this at the retreat. However, his mic is turned on. Yes. Everyone at the retreat can hear him. And what does Liz do? She steps in to save him. She does, even though he had been a jerk to her previously, and they had gotten in a fight, and she she basically was like, you're using me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm now kind of like your clown, and I'm embarrassing you. You asked me to come here, and now that we're here, you think that I'm an embarrassment. And they kind of got in this fight, but she was still stuck at the retreat with him. <laughs> and you're right. Everyone can hear him, and she's like, I got to intervene. Like, no questions asked. No. Just steps in and comes out saying that she did a Jack Donaghy impression mm-hmm. and tries to do some others, including Mrs. Cunningham from Happy Days, which, <laughs> which is I love. Really funny. What's that? Mrs. Cunningham from Happy Days? Oh, Howard. Oh, Arthur. Huh? And then Howard. she ends up just 
unbutton, ripping open her shirt to dance to distract <laughs> everyone from what just happened. Yes. And she became the talk of the retreat instead of Jack Donaghy. Instead Donaghy. of Jack, yes. And I think there are a few episodes that are ki- that kind of align with this theme of Liz saving Jack. Mm-hmm. Because Jack is, I feel like, only vulnerable around Liz I for the majority of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they are best friends. Because also Jack went to the reunion with Liz in that one episode. Yeah, uh-huh. I do think that, like, you know, so she is very honest with him right away when he's being a jerk to her. She's like, what? This is not fair. Like, you invited me here. You know, I I don't appreciate how you're treating me. He was a little, like, he didn't own up to that, basically. Um, But then she goes to save him, and he's he's very appreciative, and he knows that he screwed up Mm -hmm. and all of those things. And, like, what I appreciate about their relationship, much like – sort of will and grace but in a different context like they're very brutally honest yeah. with each other um in a lot of ways and i really do think that's the foundation of a good friendship like you cannot have a true friendship without that foundation of honesty and these two in an absurd manner are definitely very honest with each other yeah. all of the time all of the time what do you like the most about them Hmm. I like that it started out as a work relationship, like Mm -hmm. he was just the new boss in the pilot episode, Mm -hmm. and that Liz is just... Not a garbage person, but she is a garbage person. Junk food, sweatshirts, and he's like suit and tie Republican. Scotch. Yeah. Yeah. I like the opposites attract situation. Yes. I mean, what's not to like? They're very like uptown, downtown, Mm -hmm. like in any way that you can be like an opposite. Um, But it really works for them. And they, (laughs) again, they're just like their rapport and their pace of their delivery between the two of them is like, that's every time I watch it, I'm like, why don't I, why haven't I seen every single episode of the show? Because it's so funny. It's so fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you like blink, you miss something. It's like an arrested development in Mm -hmm. a way where every other line is a, a joke. And yeah, you have to be paying attention. Happy endings was like that uh, too. I will say this episode has one of my favorite lines that I say like out of context all the time. Um, there's a brief flashback of Liz and Jenna doing improv for a retreat. <laughs> yes, and that the scene is Sling Blade and Oprah. <laughs> And Liz does this sling blade impression, <laughs> and then Jenna just shut. Like rule number one of improv is yes and, so uh-huh. like that's an improv joke on top of it. But she just goes, "No, you don't, Oprah," <laughs> <laughs> and that's like a quick cutaway joke. Yeah, but it's one of my favorite things. I also appreciate that Liz Lemon's wig is appropriately like '90s in that flashback. She always has the worst hair in the flashback. The worst, the worst. But also very true to like actual Tina Fey. If you ever see like old photos of her, yeah, always had terrible hair until. <laughs> She got that money. Love that. Money hair. All right. Final episode. If we did not include this duo, we would have just been idiots. We wouldn't know what we were talking about. Well, we were going to include one of these characters with another character on the show Mm -hmm. for last week's episode. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. We made it work this week. Guys, we had to talk about Leslie and Ron. And ironically, we're talking about the episode. Leslie and Ron, <laughs> um, which is season seven, episode four. This is the final season. Of Parks and Recreation, if for some reason you don't know Leslie and Ron. I'm already like getting emotional just even thinking oh. about it. So the gang locks Leslie and Ron in the old Parks Department office overnight and force them to settle their differences and end their feud. So 
if you remember, um, Parks and Recreation actually flash forward three years into the future, mostly because it's because I think they thought they were getting canceled and then they were like, oh, no, we got another season now. We have to be three years in the future. Um, But so something happens. We don't know what. Ron and Leslie are no longer friends. And if you watch the entire show, they are very good friends. Um, And so for them to no longer speak, it's like... It's like a will and grace. It's a will and grace. It's very, very upsetting. Um, And so they basically everyone, like Donna, Tom, Ben, like Jerry, Terry, Larry, like lock them in the parks department and are just like, guys, work it out. Get it together. And they leave them their baby monitor and are like, you know, if you figure it out before morning, call me on the baby monitor. We'll come get you. Otherwise, you're stuck in here until 8 a.m. They're not having it. No. Both Ron and Leslie are pissed. But Leslie being Leslie, she likes a good challenge. She, she comes around pretty quickly. She comes around pretty quick. She needs to figure it out. And so what ensues is just an entire half hour all in the parks department, almost entirely just the two of them. There's a little bit of flashback going on, but really we only see Ron and Leslie all I've being ever it's amazing. Um, and Ron Ron is convinced that they were never friends. They were just workplace proximity acquaintances. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Ron Swanson does not like to express emotions. At all. As we know. No. So how – it seems impossible to work this out. Yes. Um, Leslie then decides to go through the Parks Department looking for clues and creates an elaborate, <laughs> like, map of possible opportunities and timelines. Yeah, a timeline to- of, like – their friendship. Their friendship and where things fell apart. She says apart. something funny about how her brain is a steel trap of friendship nuggets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she gets to ground zero because she finds her original job application for the parks. And she flips it over, has Ron read her, like, what he wrote about her. Basically talks about her her politics are somewhere left of Trotsky, how she's this idealist. If they worked together, he would li- she would likely drive him crazy. And then the final line says hire her. In the file is also included her thank you note that she wrote to Ron after because apparently they got in a very, like, vocal debate. Um, and she stood up for herself to him, but she felt badly. So she sent him this thank you and some brownies. And he, you know, hired her because of that because she was tough and she was strong and she stood up for herself regardless of whether or not that meant she was going to get the job. And that's what he appreciated in her. So now Leslie feels like she's making progress because he, he got she got all of that in like three minutes. And then Ron decides not to talk to her. And he, well, anyway. he timed it. He three timed minutes. It. That's mm-hmm. it. Yes. And so now there's, now she's she's in it. It's like two in the morning and she's going to figure this out. The baby monitor has been destroyed. The baby monitor has been destroyed. It has rained in the parks office because Ron pulls the fire alarm it's deactivated. It's just the sprinklers. We didn't start the fire. Has been blasting. Uh-huh. Anything to get Ron to talk. Yes. Or to do something. Yes. Ultimately, what we learn is that there was an in- there were a couple of things. Leslie left the parks department. April came to work for her. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Ron, all of a sudden, quits the parks department. Leslie doesn't know why. Then there's something called Morningstar. Ron goes to start his own, like, real estate development or, you know, sort of construction. Yeah. Yeah. And he develops this 
this uh, apartment complex called Morningstar. It's right next to the park that Leslie built. He tears down Anne's house to build it. Leslie confronts him. There's anger. There's rage. They don't talk. And now... And now we find out why. Now we find out why. So, I mean, it starts with the timeline. Leslie gets the job. April leaves. Mm-hmm. It's like, for to Ron, it's like Leslie took April. Yes. Because I think Leslie and April are the only two that Ron really lo- likes to be around. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the, with those two gone, and he just looked around one day, and everyone he knew yeah. from the parks department was gone. Right. Because Retta was doing her real estate. Tom left to do the restaurant. Um, like, everyone was, was gone. It wasn't fun for him anymore. And so one day... He went up two two levels to the level three where mm-hmm. Leslie works right. and asked her to lunch where he was ultimately going to ask for a job to work with her. Mm-hmm. And Leslie, super busy that day, had to fly to D.C. or something mm-hmm. and miss the lunch. Yes. Ugh. She stands him up. He sits alone in JJ's waiting for her. And then that was kind of the beginning of the end for them. And for Ron, he loved his friends enough and loved being with them enough that he would go and ask for a job in the federal government. Which he hates. He hates all government. He wants to live off the grid. Yeah, he likes to destroy it from the inside. That's why he works for the government in general. But it was just like he was sad that his friends and his family, essentially, were no longer together. And he just felt like Leslie had betrayed him. Ron, you were going... I was going to ask you for a job. In the federal government. Just saying it out loud feels dirty. You missed your friends. And you wanted to come up to the third floor and work with us again. I can't even imagine how hard that must have been for you. God, why didn't I see that? Ron, I am so sorry. I should have been a better friend to you. Honestly, Leslie, it's fine. It was a punctuation mark on a sentence that had already been written. My time in government work was over. I'm sure I love shutting things down and bleeding the rotting beast from the inside. Your metaphors are so beautiful. But it was time for me to leave. And I didn't feel like explaining why to you or anyone. It is one of the most emotional episodes of Parks and Rec of all seven seasons. Yeah. I spent the entire episode welled up one because it's just like their relationship is so realistic and like true and pure and then I just missed the show (laughs) and so Uh, I think I I was just like sad that I was watching it and it wasn't I couldn't watch any more of it yeah Um, I mean I I that part did make me emotional mm -hmm. I did tear up a little during that confession but what really got me so they make up ultimately in the night yeah and they get drunk they get wasted and when everyone comes back they're (laughs) listening to we didn't start the fire again ron's playing the saxophone there's a funny fark joke Uh in there but they kiss and make up um ron shows up at leslie's office one day because i think they're gonna go to lunch yeah and he brings her a photo of them with little Little Sebastian. sebastian With a special wooden frame. And the wood was made from Anne's door when he destroyed the house. And I yeah. was like, oh, I know. Ron. Well, because she, like, holds it. And she's like, Ron, you big smush. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't deal with this. Yeah. And so, you know, if you think about, like, you can 
You don't have to hide your true feelings with your friends, right? Like, this is basically like a 12-step program. Like, they're angry. They're upset. Like, they're yelling at each other. They're laughing then with each other. They're crying. Like, they lay everything out on the floor emotionally. And then they come out on top. They come out on top. And I just... And we come out crying. We... Come out crying. Um, you had something. You have something here about like what Nick Offerman said about this episode, right? Oh yeah, it was j- really just like sometimes they thought they went a little too emotional for it, mm-hmm. and they just kept asking the crew like, "Is this okay?" Is and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah. this is exactly what we want." Mm-hmm. And I think it's great. It's an it's an iconic episode for of Parks and Rec, thirty minute I think. comedy. Completely. Yeah. When you watch it, you're like, how is this a comedy? I mean, there are a lot of very funny moments, but it is much more like emotional and dramatic and mm-hmm. sort of filled I mean, with it's heart. not of this is us, but. No, definitely <laughs> not. So I had a little bit of like TV trivia about this episode or oh, episodes like this. So I was watching this with Eric and he's actually never seen the final season of Parks and Rec. Mostly because I think great. it took me. It took me almost two months to watch the finale because I, like, didn't want it to be over. And I think he's a little bit the same way. Like, he he loves the show so much that he just, like, didn't watch the final season because he's like, oh, it's fine. It's mm-hmm. just over there. But anyway, so this episode is what is called a bottle episode. Um, and I guess every show, if you kind of get to a certain point, for the most part, has one of these episodes. And it's essentially – you can look at it both sort of, like, cynically and optimistically. But cynically – it basically becomes like a budget controller. So typically in the final season or any, you know, seasons, like your budget starts to get out of control. And maybe you've done like, you've had a bunch of big guest stars or you've gone to Hawaii or like whatever. And at some point someone will be like, we got to rein it in. (laughs) And so they'll be like, all right, all right, all right. We'll just do this one episode where we're in one location the whole time. It's like when you get locked in something. Stuck in an elevator. No, that's exactly it. That's a bottle episode. Um, And so it's just like... It trims the budget. It, like, very much focuses sort of the, you know, the episode. And, like, every, you know, sort of show has their own take on this. So this is, you know, sort of Parks and Rec's Park and Rec's take on it. Mm-hmm. I guess there's a very famous episode of Seinfeld where they spend the entire episode at the host stand for a Chinese restaurant. Um, and it's just, like, a way – it's a very different sort of look to any – you know, episode of like your favorite show, mm-hmm. but it's also a very good way to kind of curtail the budget or save some for like maybe the last couple of episodes of the season or something like that. Um, and it usually centers on just the main characters. Interesting. I know. I like learned so I much. Bet. It was like a little school at the end of the episode. A little um, school. <laughs> it was just a, a little school. Just a little TV school. Um, but I really liked it. Um, so of these three. Who who's your favorite duo, guy gal duo? Uh, oof. it's a hard question. Actually, it is hard. I feel like out of these three, this is really hard. But I'm going to say Jack and Liz mm-hmm. because Leslie and Ron work so well with other characters in I Parks agree. and Rec. It's mm-hmm. like an ensemble. Yes. Whereas I think Jack and Liz are better together. I mean, sure, you could say like Liz and Jenna or something, but it's not. It's not. It's the not the same. same. No, I do think too. You could. You could maybe make the argument that Leslie and Ron's friendship is one-sided, but I just think that Ron is not demonstrative really to anyone, Um, but he shows you that 
his friendship in other ways, like making the picture frame, yeah. you know, and things like that, where it's just like he's much more subtle, whereas Leslie is like the antithesis of subtle. Um, but then Will and Grace, it's like what I said about Laverne and Shirley. Like you can't – you have to say Will and Grace. Like yeah, you're not – yes, you can talk about Will pair. and Jack, but like they are a pair. It's hard to separate them. Yeah. So I felt like all three of these friendships I were do like have, really uh, – I um, honorable mention. Ooh, okay. So – my dad found out I was doing this episode, and he said he would be furious if I didn't do Chip and Martha from Baskets, <laughs> uh-huh. and we didn't do it. Oh, no. But I'd just give him a, th- you know. Give him a little shout-out. Shout-out. Um, t- also, there's a show on right now. I watch it. I don't know if I love it, but I am watching it. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Alone Together. It's on Freeform. Is this the show that I was like, should we watch this? Probably. Like, early on in the day? And yeah. it's about, like, a platonic friendship, and everyone's like, when are you guys going to have sex? When are you guys going to date? But uh-huh. they're just friends. Yeah. Um, the main characters are Esther and Benji. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty funny show. I've seen um, the Esther character, her actual name is Esther, mm-hmm. um, do stand-up a couple times. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe check it out. Maybe don't. <laughs> just If just you're craving some... Just an honorable mention. Some guys and gal friendships. Yeah. Go for that. All right. They're still happening is what I'm saying. <laughs> They're still current. It's still a thing. It's still a thing. In the now more than ever. 2018. Still a thing. All right. Well, I'm going to miss I'm gonna miss our TV, our TV pals. You are? are? Are you? I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like they were ever my pals. Oh, you don't? No. Do you ever feel like anyone on television is your actual <laughs> friend? There was a phase where I was watching Beverly Hills 90210 and... I just I kept thinking about them as people I knew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You're watching too much 90210." <laughs> like, it's I'd be in like, your brain. Where's Steve? You know, like I'm at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> where's Steve? Uh, oh, Dylan. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are not my friends. They're not. And I probably wouldn't want to be their friends. No, there's too much drama in that circle. Yeah. I was gonna say that doesn't feel like the circle that you would have belonged to in high school. In, yeah, <laughs> but maybe maybe they're friends. I, I mean, th- I guess Broad City. I feel like. Could be my friends. I feel like Kimmy Schmidt's my friend, um, and that show's about to come back, well, in May. But again, it's like, is she my friend or is am I just watching myself? Ooh. Um, we could debate that yeah. for a while. Okay, guys, you know what to do. Email us at hellofangirls at gmail.com. What other guy, gal, duos, trios? Yeah. Are there other people in the mix? What We could have done what Jack would you and like Karen. to see us cover in the future? Oh, yeah. Let us know. Do you have any topic suggestions? We love that. Um, you can also find us on social, um, Fangirl Fridays Podcast on Instagram. Natalie's been killing it lately Ooh, with our you. with our images. Um, FGF Podcast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook. Yep. I think that's it. We have a merch we store. Have a merch store on Threadless. All the things, guys. Talk to us. All the things. Or don't. Or, no. I don't do. I think do. I think we want people Depends to talk to us. Depends on your mood. Are you in a, are you in a media mood? <laughs> If you're in a media mood, if you're in a, let a us media know. mood, please contact me. I love media. Natalie Burst. Making a shirt of that <laughs> right now. All right, guys. So until next Friday. Bye. bye. Fangirl Fridays is brought to you by TV Time. Download the TV Time app to track your favorite shows and join the fangirl conversation. And be sure to follow us at Natalie Burris and Martin Zabrowski.